How many of you know that the commandments of God are everlasting? Everlasting. They last forever. They've not been nullified by man-made doctrines, though men would have you believe that some of God's commandments have been nullified by human traditions and changing of times and seasons and those man-made traditions and doctrines. And they're not altered by human changes. And so it is with the commandment to honor our mother. It's an eternal command. It's an everlasting commandment. It hasn't stopped. It hasn't ended. In fact, it is the commandment that comes with a blessing. It's a commandment for every day, not just one day in the calendar year. And that doesn't mean that we don't celebrate a day. But it means that we are to honor our mother all the time. Otherwise, the one that we call Jesus wouldn't have shared it. But as we'll see, he did share it with those who were with him. Those who walked with him. And he shared it with those who were not honoring mothers. We're going to open God's word to the 15th chapter of Matthew's gospel record. And we're going to hear what our Lord had to say. If you want to, you can open the Bibles there in your seats to page 1515 and find Matthew chapter 15. I'm going to begin with verse 1, but the slides only begin, I think, in verse 4. But I think we need to bring a little context into this. Matthew chapter 15. And this is what we hear there. Then the scribes and the Pharisees, these were the most religious people of the time, some of the most religious, the scribes and the Pharisees who were from Jerusalem came to Jesus saying, Why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. Now we all know it's a good idea to wash our hands, right? We've not decided by hands and feet. They had a tradition of washing their hands all the way up their arms. Like the water pot that Jesus turned into wine, that's what from me as a gift to God. 
your mother, nothing of me. The man of God has no effect by your tradition. You call it history. The most tremendous, one of the most tremendous people of that time. Get the rest! of men instead of the teachings of God, the commandments of God. Father, open the eyes and ears of our understanding. Please guide me, Lord, and guide others to hide your word in our hearts that we might not sin against you. We believe, Father, help us to conquer unbelief. Let your spirit fall upon all who hear this message, I pray in Christ's name. And all of God's people said. Amen. How did you like the way our Lord brought those ideas together? He pointed out the error of those highly religious people of that time. He took the idea of honoring mom and dad, and he combined it and showed them how they what they were doing was wrong. He showed them that what they were doing was wrong. And I believe it do the same today. See, we teach the commandments of men. We teach the doctrines of men. We teach things that are in volumes and volumes of books that men have written. And yet we have one book, the Bible. And that book is to be our instruction book. But we have libraries full of books. In fact, John and I were speaking this morning in my office, and he was looking at all the books on my shelves. He said, you read all those? I said, no, I haven't. But I can use them as references. Sometimes there's an idea I can pull out of a book that I won't find that idea in the Bible, but it helps to illustrate what's in the Bible. But I don't rely on what's in the books. I rely on what's here. As we await Christ's return, we must, we must be on guard against deception. And the point that he made at the end of that passage that we read there is the one that is critically important. I'm not going to dwell on this long, folks, but we need to understand it. As the time draws near, as he is moving in the direction of returning, we need to beware of deception. In the commandments of men, the doctrines of men, the teachings of men, the traditions of men, need to be inspected, at least. Dissected in some cases and discarded because we have a lot of rubbish that's passing as Christian teaching today. It's unfortunate, but that's the reality. And this is what was happening then, and he pointed it out to them. He said it needs to stop. Now, Almighty God commands honoring our mother. It's not a suggestion, it's a command. And violating this command brings consequences, and our Lord pointed that out. It's what our Creator said in His written word, and that's what matters. Honoring mothers has a long history in this country. It started back during the Civil War. There was a mother named uh, Anna Reeves Jarvis. She was from Grafton, West Virginia. 
She organized a special day for mothers who had sons, and some had fathers fighting in the war, the Civil War, the War of the States. How many of you know that there are those that would love nothing more than to see that happen again? That these states would be divided. We see it even in families. When children turn against their parents. Parents turn against their children. Over what? We heard an example of it this morning. Many adults and teenagers were dying in that war. And we may not lose sight of why this day that we now honor mothers with was set aside. This was a day of prayer. It was a day for peace and a day for comforting those who were suffering. Meetings were held. And prayers were given. Prayers were offered for mothers and for their children. And any mother who's ever had a child that's gone away into the military service knows exactly what I'm talking about. It hurts. It hurts because you don't know what the outcome of their service could be. We had a funeral here yesterday for a young lady who served in the military for 26 years. She served in many capacities, even in the Pentagon. As a assistant to the Secretary of Defense. She didn't die in the military. She died in a car wreck. She survived all the things that she endured overseas and on this land. She died in a car wreck. None of us know that day when we're going to pass. We need to be prepared. After this day was Set aside originally, a woman named Julia Ward Howe wrote the Battle Hymn of the Republic and she organized a Mother's Day meeting in Boston. In 1907, many years later, Anna Jarvis's daughter, her name was also Anna, suggested that a national day of observance would be appropriate each year to honor all mothers. And within a few years, the idea of honoring moms gained popularity. And Mother's Day was observed in, in many large cities in the United States. Anna started to go overseas. And then on May 9, 1914, by an act of Congress, President Woodrow Wilson proclaimed the second Sunday in May as Mother's Day, and it has been ever since. It's 107 years ago. He established the day as a time for public expression of our love and reverence for the mothers of our country and how that has changed. And it's been that way here and in other lands ever since. I think we need to remember and honor those who have children in the military. The Lord laid that heavy on my heart. I think maybe because I did that service yesterday and I, I heard the weeping and wailing of those who were present for the loss of this one who had served, though her death was not a result of her service. There are many who lose their children because of their service to this country. And there are many, countless numbers of mothers who have lost their children to war. My grandmother was fortunate. My great-grandmother was fortunate. My mother was fortunate. I didn't get to serve because of a broken back. I intended to. But 
save my mother grief. This year, as we honor moms, let's also remember those who have struggled as mothers, those who have lost children, and those who couldn't conceive. Think of those whose children have been murdered. Eve was the first mother who had a child murdered. She lost two sons that day. The one who was killed and the other that went away for it. We need to remember mothers whose children have died and those who have been sent away. The death of a child is a difficult thing to endure, and anyone who's lost a child knows that, certainly. My wife and I lost our last child. Some days it's easy. But for my wife, I don't think it'll ever be over. She doesn't wallow in self-pity. She doesn't hold on to it like it's never going to go away. She knows that God's will was done. There are others here who've lost children. I won't point you folks out. You know who you are. And you know the grief that comes from losing a child. Godly mothers never get over losing their children. They grieve. Sadly, though, sometimes there are mothers that get caught in the devil's snare of self-pity. And that's something we need to help pull them out of. Because it is the devil's snare. He doesn't want them to move on. He wants them to blame God or blame themselves. God's will is being done. Needs not be any condemnation in Christ. Honoring moms can be as simple as helping them realize the love of God, which is limitless. Limitless. Do you get that? It's like there's nothing you can do to stop God from loving you. It doesn't mean He won't punish you, but His love is limitless. It's unbiased. He's not a respecter of persons, He's not going to love you more than somebody else. Praise God that he plays no favorites among his children. Honoring moms can include mothers who had to give their children up for adoption. Think about that. There are some mothers that have been forced by circumstances to give their children up for adoption. You know, moms can look at Moses' mother. She cared deeply for her son, but she was forced to give him away. She was forced to sacrifice him in order to preserve his life. But God rewarded her for her sacrifice. She put that baby in a basket that she had covered with pitch and tar and floated that basket into the reeds in the river where she knew that the Pharaoh's daughter was going to bathe. The daughter found the baby and God rewarded Moses' mother for her disobedience to the very Pharaoh whose daughter found the child. And God allowed her to be the nursemaid and raise her own child, even though it was in the Pharaoh's household. Many mothers have faced the same struggle because of circumstances. Maybe a parent, if parents forced them to give their children up for adoption or a child. And then there are those who, instead of aborting their child, they brought them into full term. And Maybe parents or others force them. And then we also need to remember those who chose to were forced or were forced 
I've known of circumstances where people were forced. Many grieve the loss of their children, and that causes deep pain. And we, in honoring mothers, can come alongside of them and help to ease that pain. I know this is a sober message, folks, and maybe that's why there's a heaviness here today. I don't know. But I want us also to think of the mothers who wanted to be mothers, those women who wanted to be mothers but were unable to conceive. And I've known some of them. Remember in Genesis chapter 11 and verse 30, it's written that Sarai was barren. But then Genesis 21, 2 relates that she became pregnant. She conceived. And imagine her joy. She grieved for many years because of the lack of pregnancy. She greatly wanted a child. She desperately wanted a child. But she wasn't able to conceive. In Genesis 25 and verse 21, it's written, Now Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord granted him his plea, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. Let's pray for the mothers that want children. Let's pray. Let's beg God to give them a child. In Genesis 29 and verse 31, we learn that Rachel was barren, and we need to pray for those who are unable to conceive. Think of Hannah, who begged God for a son, which he gave her, and she named him Samuel. Samuel, and she gave him to God, and he was great. He did great things for God. There's many examples found in Scripture of mothers who were barren and unable to conceive. They grieved greatly because they wanted children. Remember the dads who have to serve as moms also, and remember the grandmothers, especially in these times. Grandmothers are serving as mothers now. More and more every day for all the reasons that are out there. Employment, alcohol and drug abuse, and other things that take the children into a dangerous situation. And the grandmothers are stepping in. The grandfathers are stepping in and helping. We had a dear saint who used to be a part of this congregation. She would call me every year around Mother's Day and she'd say, Pastor, Remember the dads that have to help raise their children as mothers. I don't know what became of her. I don't hear from her anymore. The phone number was disconnected. Dads and grandmas are unsung heroes because they're helping to raise the next generation. Our Lord was carrying his cross that he would die on, and he said these words, a great, excuse me, a great multitude of people followed him as he was carrying the cross, and women also mourned and lamented him, but Jesus, turning to them, said, daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children, for indeed the days are coming in which they will say, blessed are the barren, wombs that never bore, and breasts which never nursed. As we honor mothers, Let's remember those whose children are not born again. Those whose children are hell-bent on destruction. Because they're there, even amongst our congregants here. We have children who are not walking with the Lord. Let's remember those whose children are not born again, who are not known by Christ. 
But praise God for those who are known. Praise God for the mothers whose children have come to Christ. Praise God. As it's written in Galatians chapter 4, we, brethren, as Isaac one was, as Isaac was, our children of promise. As we honor mothers this year, remember that our Creator gives imagery of His love in motherly terms. And most people don't realize this or they don't remember it. Jesus Himself said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I wanted to gather you together like a, a mother hen gathers together her flock under her wings. He wanted to protect them. But think also what's written in the 32nd chapter of Deuteronomy. Verse 9 tells us how God himself took charge of his people as his personal possession. He was concerned for them. And then verse 11 tells us that God was like an eagle hovering over its young, overshadowing them, then spreading its wings, lifting them into the air and teaching them to fly. That's what his word tells us. This isn't masculine imagery. This is feminine imagery. This is our creator. He loves us like a mother loves her children. We honor mothers. We honor Almighty God. What's not stated there, but it's definitely implied, is that Almighty God defends his people like a mother eagle. He defends us. When you find yourself in trouble, who do you call out to? Call out to your Father. Call out to your Heavenly Father, who also defends his people like a mother eagle. In Psalm 22, that Psalm speaks of the Messiah. In Psalm 22, we hear David say, Almighty God is like a midwife who cares for the baby she helped bring into the world. And when you put these things together, you get a different picture of who our Father is. He has that caring heart of a mother. He loves his people. Remember to honor mothers by reminding everyone that God loves and cares for them this intimate. But not just them. All who call upon his name. See, because he cares. He loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. In the 49th chapter of Isaiah, we learn that people believed the Lord had turned away and forgotten them. They were crying out, you've forgotten us. They were sinning. And he says this to them, can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget, but I will never forget you. And then in Isaiah 49 and verse 16, we hear this. The Lord told them they were always in his thoughts. And we can comfort godly mothers when they're struggling. Struggling maybe with unruly children. Struggling with children that have gone astray. Struggling in any way, shape, or form as a mother. We can comfort them with these words. But even though he loves his people, we can't forget that in Hosea we read some words that are not very pleasant. We learn that he becomes angry with those who turn away from him. He says he will devour them like a lion, lurk for them like a leopard, 
tear them apart like a bear who has been deprived of her cubs. And no, this is not a pleasant image, but this is the language that our father tells his people. You turn away from me, and I will devour you. And we have this theology, this man-made theology today, that we can do whatever we want, and somehow God is never going to respond to our sin. And that is a lie straight from hell. That's not of God. His word is clear. He wants his people to be holy unto him. He uses this to show his nature. Don't step outside of his protection. When you're in the ark of the covenant, you are protected. Don't step out. He makes it clear. Do you think for a moment that Noah couldn't have dove overboard or one of his family members couldn't have left the, the safety of the ark? Do you think for a moment that they couldn't have gotten out of there? Do you think God locked them in or was he locking everybody else out? As we honor moms this year, let's remember this. Remember the mother who suffered more than any other. Cindy alluded to it earlier. The one we call Jesus' mother. We know she trusted him to help her, otherwise she wouldn't have asked him to make wine at the wedding. She trusted him. She wouldn't have asked him to help with that wine. This is the first recorded instance of a miracle that he performed. Think how pleased she was that he honored her request. Think of how he honored his mother by producing not just wine, but the best wine. And not just wine from maybe some really great juice, but wine from dirty water. Hand-washing water. He produced this wine at the wedding festival, and it was stated that it was the best. As the crowds gathered and the religious leaders became upset with him, think about this too. For the healings and the signs and the wonders, Mary was afraid for him. As his ministry continued, she became afraid for him. His family believed he'd lost his mind, according to Mark's gospel record, his people, it says. Mark chapter 3, verse 21, says that when his own people heard about this, they went out to lay hold of him, for they said, he's out of his mind. He's preaching. He's a carpenter. What's he doing preaching? Verse 31 relates that Mary and his siblings went to get him, but the following verses reveal his refusal to go with them. He wasn't going with them. He said, who is my mother? Who is my brother? Who are, who are my family members? And he looked out. He said, all of you who believe. As we honor moms this year, imagine and try to think of the mothers who are suffering because their children are putting themselves in danger for Christ. There are mothers all over the world whose children are, in fact, putting themselves in danger for Christ. It's not here exactly yet. I pray it doesn't come here, but I suspect that it's going to. Honor those mothers. Comfort them. Mary watched as her son was tried unjustly, and there are many 
all over the world who were tried unjustly for their faith. Remember moms whose children don't get a fair trial. The authorities were used by God to bring about his redemption plan, but that didn't take away her pain. That didn't make her feel better. This is God's will being done. She wasn't jumping up and down for joy because she got to see her boy getting hurt. The children suffer, mothers suffer. Is there any mother in here that doesn't know that? I doubt it. Her grief was tangled with her desire to comprehend God's plan in it all. Remember those moms who had to bury their children. Mary watched her son get crucified. Horrible way to die. She watched him die and get buried. Horrible. Prophecies foretold he would be the Messiah. He'd be the Savior. And here he was, put in a grave. And in that tomb, her hopes were undoubtedly dashed like so many others. And this is it. It's not what we thought. But then he arose. He arose. He arose a victor over the grave. Because of his victory, we too shall one day be raised to new life. As I wrap this up, I want you to remember that our Lord reminded everyone to honor our mother. We can honor our mom whether she's here with us, like many of you still have moms with you. My mom went on to be with the Lord about 10 years ago. Might be 11. I was thinking about my mom yesterday. We conducted the funeral here in this building. And I, yours truly, with the assistance of some other ministers, conducted that funeral. It was one of the hardest I've ever done. But we can honor our mother, whether she's here with us or with the Lord, by honoring all those mothers, especially those who've suffered, those who've lost children, or those who couldn't conceive. We can honor our mothers by honoring those who have to step in as moms, the grandmothers, and grandfathers, and the dads who have to take over. We can share the love of Christ with mothers and their children, and there's no better way to honor them than to give them the gospel, the good news. Christ crucified. Redemption is available for all to call upon his name. Let's allow God to use us to do the most honoring thing that we can do for mothers everywhere. Let's share the good news. Honor moms by sharing the gospel and supporting others who do. Think about that. In us and through us, Almighty God can accomplish his full desire, which is to save souls. Whether they're mothers or dads or anybody else. He wants to transform lives. He wants to build his kingdom in glory. And I think we all need to hear what our Lord said. He said they were transgressing the commandment of God by their tradition. Let's not be like that. 
Let's not have tradition to get in the way of us obeying the commandments of God. Let's be those who honor our mother, and in so doing, we'll be those who honor Almighty God. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Lord God, your word is true. Ours come and go. Unless they're written down and sometimes those books last for a very long time. And there are doctrines and traditions of human beings that are existing to this day that do not honor you. In fact, they go against your command. We're sorry, but we repent on behalf of those who Help us to be those who honor your word. Help us to be those who honor you. Help us to be those who honor mother. Call mother. Yes, our own. But this is begotten with you. But help us also, Lord, to remember those who serve as mothers who aren't necessarily mothers. In these times that we live, Lord, it is not always something bright. Once was, but no longer is. Help us not to be confused like so many. Help us to recognize the need to honor those who are serving as mothers as they raise up the next generation of people. That we would bring your good news to bear upon their lives as they too would raise their children in godly fashion. That you would be honored through their lives. Lord, I pray in Christ's name and all of God's people said. Amen. Alright, um, uh, we receive an offering. Now, if you're truly, my wife and I are volunteers here. We don't receive a paycheck. If you'd like to, you can make a gift to us. It's not necessary, but if you'd like to, that's how we live. So, praise God. Father, we ask that you would guide us in our giving today that will be sufficient to meet the needs here and beyond. And that all things, Lord, that we do with anything that you give to us, we glorify you and all of God's people say.
be cheerful here because we know that he likes cheerfulness of our hearts to be good. Because we know that we can never out give you. We know that we give will be sufficient to meet the needs here and beyond. We ask those in the Lord. Keep us good stewards of all that you entrust to us and all that God keeps us there. Amen. Amen.